Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jackson, did you know that I love Faith No More? You know what? I did not know that, but I mean, who doesn't really? Because uh, you came from out of nowhere with that one. Yes, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Right, this Thank is you. this is one of the ones I get yelled at by Greg for playing Why? on the show. It's not popular enough. Crank that up for a second. I guarantee you, right now, nope. There are people from out of nowhere. Never heard it. Wait, in my life. Worcester frame. I guarantee you, there are some hot pockets of Central and Southern Mass right now that are like. Yes, I have been waiting for this. About time, Hillman. Nope. Great song. What do you mean, Andy? Nope. Never heard it. Never heard it. Wow. You've heard of Faith No More, I presume, Hart. Uh, I feel like I have. Wouldn't say I'd know anything about them. Got nothing. Are they a hair? I feel like a hair band. Do they have long hair? Uh, Some of them. Not anymore. (laughs) They did in the 80s. (laughs) <laughs> How would you refer to them, Jackson? Like, they weren't really like a hair No, they're not band. really a hair band. They're kind of like a... Yeah, that's a, they're a tough one. They're, they're, they're like an alternative metal type deal. Right. It's it's not punk. It's not heavy metal. It's kind of hard rock. There was something a little different rhythmically. Funky. About. Yeah, they, they're, yeah, they have a lot of funk in them. Yep. That Mike Almost. Patton is an odd dude, the singer. Yeah. Uh, cue up Epic real quick. Um, okay. Just just for uh, Andy. Let's see if Andy has actually ever heard of this song before. Uh, cue that up as we take our next caller here. Uh, Mac in Medfa wants to talk uh, some NHL commentators. Hello, Mac. Yeah, you know, the NHL, I'm not just a Bruins fan. I, I am a, a hockey fan. So when the Bruins aren't playing, I'll turn the game on, and they'll have women announcers and women color commentators. And i got to be honest, guys, it doesn't work. It's not good. Oh, they don't, they give me nothing. No, they give me nothing. It's just, it's so robotic. It's like, it's so much pausing during the game. It's like, do you even know the players on the ice? It's just, it's it's not good. It's, they have their own league now. Let them call their own league. I'm sorry. We went there. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. All right, Mark. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> the people over here at the Fitzy Hart and Jackson Show and WEI do not condone Mark's comments. <laughs> yes, nor are we responsible for the comments, unique thoughts, uh, uh, opinions and analysis shared by all of the callers here at the program as well. To my friend Bridget Prue, who is in. Yeah, there we go. Moving on. You've never heard this, Andy? Not so far. What's the book? Oh, yeah, this is epic. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yep. So is this their biggest hit? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've heard this. Yeah, this is like rap, ska, and rock. Like Almost it's a has little a, bit of a red hot chili pepper. Yeah, yeah definitely. There Before you go. Though, yeah, I got a buddy who just texted my buddy Mike listening in right now. Uh, thanks for tuning in on 93.7 FM. Mike, he says they, they're a little sound gardenish. I feel like... Okay. Um... I kind of like that. Also, I just once again, uh, we actually have uh, at our radio station one of our friends who's a member of the Skate Pod, the award-winning Skate Pod, uh, and they have, of course, the Sunday Skate Program, two hours every Sunday. We have Scott McLaughlin, uh, Razor Raycroft. Andrew Raycroft does a great job, and Bridget Prue, producer for the yep. Red Sox, and also a play-by-play voice uh, in, I believe, the WNHL. Uh, Bridget has done a number of games. She does an awesome job. Couldn't disagree with Mark's comment. Anymore. Yeah, she uh, knows more hockey than I will ever know. She, uh, she's fantastic with hockey. Yeah, then the, she could talk circles around the three of us. And that's what I want to say about Mark as he sort of generalized it. There is the possibility that some of the female broadcasters you're listening to aren't good. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, anybody, some of the males are not good. I think Tony Romo sucks, and he gets paid $17 million a year to do a You're just upset job. about the fact that he makes $17 million. There's a little bit of that. A little bit of that. 
Um, so yeah, but f- like, don't say they and them suck. You can say she sucks. Like, th- this particular woman you think is not like I said, Allie LaForce. I thought she was really bad um, on All Star festivities. I didn't think she did a good job. But I think Doris Burke does a fine job, other than her uh, fawning over uh, Jason Tatum. She's oh my god. She loves her some Jason Tatum. She loves her more. She loves Jason Tatum more than anybody else on the planet. I firmly believe that. Yeah, she does. And uh, that's, it's interesting. And that's okay. What do you think, uh, what happens, I mean, if, if and when the Celtics win a championship, and of course we, I think everybody in town believes that the Celtics are the closest to a championship of our four major teams and that the Celtics are the ones who will lead us from the new darkness to dynasty the five years plus now since we've had a championship parade in Boston. We were discussing on yesterday's program how if the Celtics, the task at hand is not just sort of, you know, finally ending the 16 years between championships for the Boston Celtics and hanging banner 18, but also fulfilling their own potential and promise because we believe this team is that good, but also being the team to sort of like kickstart a new era of Boston sports like, They're going to have to, like the Red Sox, obviously, don't seem committed to winning right now. If anything, actually, they are content just making money as a business entity and not a competitive sports entity and very well could be preparing to sell. The Bruins went for it last year. It didn't work out. Hopefully, they'll be able to get back in. Obviously, they should get back in the postseason this year and maybe make a better cup run. The Patriots, this is Rebuild City, Population, Mayo, Craft, and Company, and it's going to take a little while for them to get back to the postseason, let alone to be at a competitive championship level. The Celtics are there. The Celtics are the ones who need to not... This team, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum now, he won't win MVP like we were discussing Stop yesterday. Stop it. I know you placed your bet on FanDuel. He's yeah, going to so win MVP. You did too, Jackson? Yeah. And I did I last year too. And I, I was really disappointed last year. But yeah, this year I had a little bit more hope. He's going to win, Jackson. You and I are going to be rich. And All these right. people can stuff it. I knew where you were going with that, and I'm glad you changed it to stop it. Well, I, I feel like I'm allowed to say the other thing because Alex Cora said it in a press conference, and I'm going to use that as my barometer. Well, didn't he say like we scored 16? We scored 16 in Yankee Stadium. Suck on that. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. So I can say suck on that, right? Often. Uh, I, I guess I think so. Well, you've already said it, and we didn't dump it out. So there you right. go. Well, you said it first. All right. Are you happy now? <laughs> All right, let's go to the, uh, the 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 female uh, authority on hockey here. I think we got Bridget. No, we have the other female authority on hockey, Maria. Oh, oh. Maria, Maria in Watertown. Yes, wonderful. One of our favorite callers here. Good morning, Maria, the biggest, baddest Bruins fan we know. How are you today? I'm great, guys. How are you? You guys are so good together. I wish you had more um, more of a regular gig. I do. I do enjoy the both of you. Thank um, you. So um, yeah, this is a this is a good way to start my uh, matinee Monday with celebrating uh, Brad Marchand's 1,000th game today, or his ceremony for his 1,000th game. Now, um, Mr. Mark, that just called a moment ago. Yeah. I'll put yes. my hockey resume against his any day of the week, and I'll trump him with my you know so-called hockey expertise because I have my own hockey podcast now. So, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. Have you listened to Sophia on Nesson Yershevich? That woman is phenomenal. Nako Funayama, also wonderful at her craft, okay? Emily Kaplan, wonderful at her craft. So you can take your opinions and you can put them back in your cave, Mark, okay? Or maybe take him back to his cave, Maria, because that's yeah. exactly where the age from which an opinion like that, oh, women, uh, women, hockey announcers do nothing for me. Oh boy, didn't uh, didn't do oh, didn't do, didn't do men Medford or anyone any good on that one, did? No, no, it was just you know it, it was an ill-advised take. You know, God bless you for having the cojones to call and make such a take, but clearly you're not paying as much attention to what's going on in hockey when you have very capable, competent, knowledgeable women who are talking about the NHL. And the queen of them all is Catherine Tappan. And it's a shame we don't hear from her more regularly um, on the NHL. But to me, she was the queen. 
and the rest of those ladies are part of her her entourage. So you know what? Good good for them. I would love to break in and talk about men's hockey more regularly and women's hockey, but Mark, that was that was nuts. Absolutely nuts. I appreciate the call very much, Maria. You have yourself a great day, uh, and go Bruins. It'll be a big one today. Uh, that is a that is a big one we got today at the Garden, by the way, Andy. We got the Stars against the Bruins. The, the As Maria called it, Matinee Monday. Mm. You ready? And plus, like you were telling me later we got the uh, delayed Daytona 500. So we got That's uh, right. Yeah, some, we got uh, some big-time sports some- today. Yeah, we do. We actually got some big-time sports here on a Monday. How about that? Now, the Celtics are obviously off until Thursday because they have the All-Star break. Uh, you know what? Instead of me catching you guys up on all of these things, I'll just remind you the phone number, 617-779-7937. We still have to get to our Dynasty talk. We got a delayed version of They Said It. So much still to come on a jam-packed President's Day holiday Monday edition of The Greg Hill Show. But to catch you up on everything else in the wide world of Boston sports and beyond, ladies and gentlemen, here's Jackson. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending brought to you by Shaw's, perfecting the art of fresh. The East beat the West in the NBA All-Star Game 211-186. to Our guy Jalen Brown lost the dunk contest to Mac McClung, who has just played four games this year, but that's okay. The Bruins lost another one in overtime, but they got that point to the Kings on Saturday in their matinee. Like, uh, like Maria said, it's matinee Monday. We got the... Bruins taking on the Stars at 1 today, and the Sox made a trade that nobody really probably cares about, so yeah, I'll just leave it at that. They did that over the weekend. Uh, Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh, uh, and we will be back with Fitzy Hart and Jackson here on WEI. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Anything you could do, I could do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner well, we certainly have stumbled upon a can of worms or opened a can of worms and stumbled upon a hot button topic this morning. Here I was thinking we would just sort of crap on the All-Star game, maybe discuss the Dynasty, the first two episodes of which are now streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. Maybe get into a little, I don't know, typical, what should the Patriots do with the third overall pick, Andy? And will the Celtics... Make it to the championship round of the NBA season. Maybe even a little Red Sox talk. I know Bradfoe just sent us some really good audio of an interview with Kenley Jansen from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Yay, baseball. But instead, somehow, this has turned into a, uh, we thought it was Battle of the Network Stars and then Battle of, or Circus of the Stars, and it's turned into a veritable Battle of the Sexes here on the morning show program. Uh, we are keeping it spicy the way that Shime and Wiggy and Coco and Greg and Curtis and company like to do as Fitzy and Hart fill in alongside our pal Action Jackson behind the glass. We had a call a little while ago, a gentleman in Medford who expressed uh, an opinion. He said that he was not a fan of women doing play-by-play in NHL games. Uh, one of our regular callers, Maria in Watertown, called in to voice her dissent on Mark's call. Um, she listed off some of uh, her favorite NHL commentators. There, uh, sometimes they were doing uh, in, in between period commentating and interviews. Andy, some of them were pregame hosts. Some of them actually doing play by play as well. 
Mark uh, felt terribly about that and wanted to call back and qualify and or defend himself. We are going to keep it respectful. Mark, not often do we allow callers to call back and weigh in. However, given the nature of the call and the little mini firestorm it set off here in the program, uh, we'll give you a few moments back here to uh, qualify or at least continue your remarks. And I appreciate that, guys. And I, I appreciate Maria as well. I know her. I hear her every week on the hockey show on another channel. And I hear her on EEI as well. And I respect everything she knows about hockey. Okay, but I did not insult Nalko Funayama. I did not insult Sofia Yerkstevich because they do not do play-by-play. I said play-by-play, guys. You heard me. I said mm-hmm. calling games and call commentary. Okay? And I will accept Maria's challenge, by the way. I also played the sport my whole life and coached. So I will accept her challenge. And I do oh. apologize if I hurt any women's feelings out there. It wasn't meant to be like that. That was my mistake. I should have said some are good and some are not. You are absolutely right. Well, you know what? I'm glad we took the call, Mark. Thank you yep. for taking the time to call back in. I feel like, feel like and have a nice day, Mark. Enjoy your President's Day as well. Uh, it take, Andy, it takes a big, a big man, big person, a brave person, somebody who um, has had a little... Uh, humble pie serve their way in their life to call back in qualify their remarks and also just you know you can carry on just like i'm not gonna worry about any toes i stepped on along the way to getting to my point or making my days meet and mark called in i i feel like uh i feel like we made a little progress there absolutely and all good i job, was mark good job maria good job everybody i apologize some women sorry. are good at it some women suck at it just like some men are good at it and some men suck at it like that's just the they have their own league and let them do that league. Like, that's where we crossed a little bit of a line. Yeah. But because I said earlier, I mm-hmm. also think it's wrong to say we have to have a woman on the shootout uh, between Steph Curry and Iacona. Like, why? If, if there's not a qualified woman, if you don't think the woman is going to add. Now, I would argue there are qualified women. Um, to do it if you chose to go down that road. And I do think it would add a certain layer um, of relatable... Like, for example, you know, we were talking about the debate that we might get into again later about which line they should shoot from, which ball they should use. Don't you think a female basketball player who's dealt with such issues might have a uh, experienced, unique voice in that debate, in that argument, other than just Reggie Miller and Kenny Smith? I think there probably are several, many, if not dozens of qualified people that could be on that broadcast and provide professional basketball analysis from either of the leagues, from the college ranks, beyond. Sure, absolutely. As a matter of fact, why don't we get further into that, Andy? Jackson, let's cue it up. Uh, I think it's time for a little They Said It. It's time for Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Would not say that I'm Mona Lisa Vito of the football world. They they want you to cook the dinner. At least they ought to let you shop for some of the groceries. Said it. Wake up to Del Bambino and have me face him. Maybe I'll drill him in the eye. They said it. I'm just going to say it. All right, this is They Said It, a regular staple and feature here on The Greg Hill Show, a back and forth on some of the things that made noise and news over the weekend in the wide world of sports. We're going to stay focused on basketball here today, Andy. We're going to have three clips that were said in, around, during, and after the All-Star game that took place in Indianapolis this weekend in the National Basketball Association. Uh, Our first one comes from... Jason Tatum, this was said on Saturday. We touched on this yesterday, but in case anyone in Boston hasn't had a chance to hear this one yet, this is Jason Tatum addressing the notion of if there could be, Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, he's talking about who could be the new face of the NBA after LeBron James retires. Yes, that's exactly what he's talking about. Yep. All right, let's get to it. But yeah, uh, when, when LeBron retires, you know, the face of the league, uh, that's tough, but... You know, we win a championship. I got something to say about it. I know that. <laughs> nice. That's Love that's that was kind of badass. I would think uh, the best thing he's ever said as a member of the Boston Celtics, the Boston sports scene, and uh, I am always sort of a lukewarm fan of Jason Tatum ups and downs. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of Jason Tatum today because of that comment because I think it talks about his evolution as a a bit of a dog, as a competitor, as a leader of this team and this franchise and maybe this city of sports and maybe the whole damn NBA. Uh, If you're a Celtics fan, that was music to your championship-seeking ears. Yeah, I kind of love the fact that 
I, I feel like maybe it's just that that he's been lacking for a while. Like we haven't heard him say, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm a bad man. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm ready for this. Like the fact that he would embrace the notion of being the face of the NBA if they win a championship. Now, you know, I almost kind of wish he said when we win a championship. Um, uh, I mean, or, or would that presumptive? Would that be uh, would that be his mouth writing too big a check? I feel his like team they, can't cash? especially especially given last year, and if they don't win this year, that would be played around the city yeah. over and over again. Yeah. yeah, and I do like that he because I think we um, sometimes assume and presume that these modern basketball players aren't as title driven, or even all athletes aren't as title driven as we'd like them to be. The fact that he said, "I only really get a say." If I win a title, I think that's that's alluring for a for a Celtics fan. But if he had said when, mm, now you're ahead of yourself, young man. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. it's like one of the one of these like uh, fifth place people running for president saying, "When I'm president, you know," right. like, and, and that would give me those vibes. Yep. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And they didn't they didn't seal the deal the last couple of years. If anything, they got further away. Mm-hmm. Even though now they are perceived to be a contender or favorite, whatever you want to call them. So I think. I think he handled it perfectly. I don't, you know, put it on the damn T-shirt. You know, print T-shirts. As you, Fitzy, I know you like to dabble in the uh, the side hustle T-shirt industry. Mm-hmm. That was a T-shirt-worthy comment from Jason Tatum, in my opinion. I I agree wholeheartedly. It's it's things like that that I feel like we've been missing from Jason Tatum for a long time. Yeah. That, like, that sounds like someone who says, climb on board, get on my big, broader, muscular shoulders. Let's go. It's time to get back it's to where Pedro. we belong. Pedro-esque. Yes. Wake up the Dembembino. Like, it's that kind like of... Like drill him swag. in his ass. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Great That's one. the swagger we want and we need and we expect. Like, he is evolving before our eyes. But, like he said, it's all talk until he actually does it. And can this be the year? We played that bite earlier. We shared it yesterday as well from All-Star Weekend on Saturday as well. Jalen Brown making some noise, talking about how when he was sitting at the table on TNT with... Draymond Green saying that they weren't prepared for Draymond to up the rhetoric and play a more physical game in the finals two years ago. But when they when they if they make it back there, they'll be ready for him. Now, that's a big if, obviously, as well. Um, It's a shame that they weren't prepared for that a couple of years ago. But I feel like this does feel like an inflection point for them, like like we're getting to a point of maturation with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, these these guys are fixtures of the NBA. Jalen Brown is the highest-paid man currently in the NBA. Jason Tatum will one day supplant him as the next highest-paid man in the NBA. He's in so many ads. Everyone, he's a household name at this point, not just in Boston, greater Boston, New England, Celtics Nation. He's kind of a household name everywhere at this point. It's put up or shut up time. And if to be the face of the league, it's a good, it's a good point. Win a championship, he'll be everywhere. He could very well carry that torch after LeBron James. I like it as well, Andy. He's also 25. Like, let's think of Bo Nix. now rent a car. Bo Nix is 24, and he's about to hopefully maybe be drafted in the first round and go to an NFL team and maybe be their quarterback of the present and the future. Jason Tatum has been a Celtic forever, and he's 25. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Will Bo Nix be the face of the NFL, Andy? No. Absolutely not. (laughs) And good discussion. All right, let's get to our next one, Jackson. What's this? Uh, we, this one, we uh, we can either go Kenny Smith and Reggie Lewis, or uh, or we can finish off with that. Uh, we can I don't go like, um, be going Reggie Lewis. He's dead. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that was a, that was that talking basketball. Well, talking. I'll Boston. be honest with you. Wow. If you have current Reggie Lewis audio, we're breaking new ground. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite a uh, AI is a hell of a drug, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, this is uh, it's the Charles Barkley one. Yes, okay. So Charles Barkley talking about the difference between Indianapolis and San Francisco for the All-Star Games uh, with, um, yeah, Reggie Miller. Hey, Reggie. Yes? If you, had a, if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, when you... <laughs> oh, oh, that's crazy. Oh, no. You're not welcome. Hey, not hey, you're hey, not welcome. Hey, no, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. You can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can walk around. Yeah, with a bulletproof bag. Hey, Taylor. Wow. Hey, you live in Philadelphia. Taylor, that little red button on that microphone that says cough. Just hold that. Holy smokes. I mean, aside from the every single person talking at the exact same time, <laughs> that was pretty uh, shots fired right there from Barkley. Oh, Jackson. See what you did there. Words. <laughs> Phrases. They have meaning. 
Get out of here. Charles Barkley? I mean, Andy, the you, truth you asked, is you asked never the question. Okay, Andy, but like you asked the question in the first in the first hour, is Charles Barkley uncancelable? If he yeah. doesn't get run off television or forced into a sensitivity training program or have to like do thirty second PSAs either on social media or TNT for that, then <laughs> there's there's nothing he he'll wrong? ever say. Is he wrong though? I haven't been to San Francisco recently, so I cannot personally attest I to the idea that it's the closest, Grand Theft Auto out there. The closest I've been is a couple friends, and one of those is Lou Merloni, who said it used to be his favorite city, and now he doesn't leave the hotel. He's not comfortable stepping out of the hotel. He tweeted that. Yikes. No, I've heard as much as well. I haven't experienced it firsthand. I can't, I can't base it entirely on secondhand reporting. I do obviously trust people like you know friends and coworkers like Lou and others that have been there. But man, Barkley just like I've been there zero. once. The uh, most homeless people I've ever seen per capita in my life, Eesh. and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. No, it's because of the problem. I, know I haven't been there in a long time. Um, I loved it. I was a big fan of San Francisco, but from what I've heard from friends and seen from Lou and others, uh, it's not a place I would be visiting right to now. To me, Seattle is worse. Seattle is a scary city. Um. Again, it's been a while since yeah. I've been there. Man, we're making friends every which way we go this morning on the show, huh? Yeah, well, we're going down a road where a lot of cities have a lot more uh, homeless populations now and certain populations that yep. are overtaking the infrastructure, right? I mean, mm -hmm. aren't we in Boston where they're trying to find places to house immigrants? I mean, there's... Uh, migrants, yes. There's I mean, migrants. migrants. There, there's a migrant uh, housing uh, crisis now There's in a many, lot in many cities, Andy. Yeah, that's obviously. what I mean. So this is a problem in a lot of ways and san francisco i know also has a lot of abandoned um corporate buildings and companies have left and companies have gone belly up and there's a nice. lot going on out there but, but also I, I mean i would so much rather san francisco than indianapolis <laughs> either way oh i'm a big fan of indy i like indy yeah I think indy works as a city in the yep. country well i mean it works for i'm not i haven't been there to in indian i've only been there a couple times over the weekend for sports entertainment purposes andy and for for just that like Naptown works like you yeah. know you got Lucas Oil right over near the field house and you can just get to places with skyways lots of bars like it's it's a great sports city it's no doubt great sports city I haven't lived there I can't attest to the quality of life I've hung around oh, with no. the people they hate Patriots fans but I understand that that's fine yeah no I'm just rivalry. talking about it's a it's a convention city it's a sporting yeah. event city it's a walkable city it's got restaurants it's got I didn't say I necessarily know anything about living there. I can only talk about living in one place, and that's not really a city. I'm smack dab between New Bedford and Fall River. So what do I know? <laughs> exactly. And I'm a kid from the South Shore who's lived his way all over New England and in New York as well. So I know a little bit of something about big city life. But, man, Barkley, I mean, just just feeling emboldened enough to want to actually talk about him. I mean, he's not going to be welcome back there anytime soon. But holy smokes, man, that's not going to go over well with the Golden State Warrior fans. Um, well, they like it so much. Where do they play now? Where is their arena? San Francisco? It is. They right moved in... from Oakland. Yeah, they they were in Oakland. Like their their new stadium is basically right on the water there. Um, not too far from. I guess it's called AT and T Park now. AT and T. Yes. Uh, Pac yeah. Bell used to be Pac. I still call it Pac Bell. I still call it Shea. Whoo, Charles Barkley. Wow, everyone was coming in hot this weekend. And now here's our third and final clip from They Said It. This too from the All Star game. This was from Saturday's. All-Star festivities, if you will, uh, during one of the competitions. We sort of referenced it during the first hour. Uh, Jackson, can you continue setting this up for us? Yes, uh, this is um, Kenny uh, Kenny Smith and Reggie Miller. Not Reggie, <laughs> Not Lewis. Reggie Lewis. Nope. No. Uh, yes, talking, um, I'm sorry, talking about um, the uh, women in broadcasting, right? No, this is, uh, yeah, it's uh, Kenny Smith and Reggie Miller having a discussion. Oh, about the, Sabrina yeah. Ionescu and Steph Curry, yes. who had a special sort of three-point off, if you will, following the men's three-point contest, and it sort of got into a bit of a debate, if I'm not mistaken, about they should shoot from this line, they use a different ball. People said Kenny Smith kind of ruined things with this. Uh, how about we, how about we just play and react once again? Here we go. And men versus women in the three-point contest, we put the best four NBA players against the best WNBA players. Shooters shoot, and let's see it. Even playing field. There's no 10-foot rim that holds you back, and let's knock it down. Well, according to you, you want her just playing with dolls, right? No, I want her, I want her to shoot from no, where she shoots from. No, she does shoot threes in the game, not from there. Caitlin Court, All right, coming up, it's the ATT slam dunk. 
Yeah, that yeah, was Kevin Harlan couldn't get out of that one quick. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> the well, consummate broadcaster just you know trudging through. Re- Reggie Miller made that inappropriate. He tried to he tried to skewer Kenny Smith, and what they had referenced earlier is Kenny Smith believes that she should have shot from her traditional WNBA distant three pointer. Uh, using her WNBA ball while Steph Curry shoots from his traditional NBA distant three-pointer with his NBA ball. And I don't think it's an idiotic comment. I think it's worth discussing. And Reggie Miller, I thought, took the the low road there. Yeah, when you have men and women combining for uh, an all-star showcase or fusing their sports together, I mean, who has to come to whose sport or who has to play up to or around whose rules? Right. It'd be great. Like, for example, if they tried to do this in baseball and you took Mm -hmm. the famous uh, pitcher, Jenny Finch, Mm -hmm. is she throwing a baseball underhanded from 60 feet or 45 feet? Is she using a softball as the bat? Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of a lot more variables in those two sports because they're more different. And finding that level playing field would be difficult. This one, I don't think is that hard. She didn't. Yeah. She got to use a WNBA ball, I think she... Now, maybe we also don't know, and I, I don't know the answer to this, she may have been consulted. She may have been asked what she wanted to shoot from. And maybe she said, yeah, I got no problem. I'll shoot from the, the traditional line that everybody else is using this weekend because we're at the NBA All-Star Game on a men's court. That's just a big television screen. Put mm-hmm. the line where they put it, and I'll shoot. Yeah, she, she very well... You're right. She may may have well been presented the option to shoot differently, and she said, no, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll shoot from the men's line. Right. You know what? That me- that makes so much more sense. I, I think that's exactly what happened now, now that you think about it, because she wouldn't want to go in there, you know, with with the looking like she wanted, you know, uh, special rules, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, and now we wouldn't really probably notice, especially on a digital court, because they would just put the digital line in. It's not like there would be two lines viewable. Like when she shot, you'd have the digital well, good line. Good point, Andy. Right? Like we, we yeah. never, almost would have never even known if they had done it digitally. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Steph shoots and now change the screen and put the line where she does it. But there is a difference. Like it, after you're in high school, so anybody that's been to high school basketball games, the boys and the girls shoot from the same three-point line. High school courts only have one line. After that, it changes. They have a different line. And... I don't think it's ridiculous for Kenny Smith to just bring it up and have a mature debate. I thought that Reggie Miller took a little bit of an Andy Hart when he's in a mood kind of low blow cheap shot approach to this on national TV heading towards a break, by the way, also throwing in a barb like right before we go to break. <laughs> hey, Kevin Harlan, here's a grenade. Hope you, right. can, hope you can run from it or put a pin back in it right. uh, real quick. Andy, just uh, thank you for setting us up uh, in that capacity uh, as far as the rules go. According to USA Basketball, the WNBA has a 20-foot, 6-inch, 3-point line. The NBA plays with a minimum of a 23-foot, 9-inch line. WNBA archives indicate its basketball must measure between 28.5 and 29 inches. WNBA balls must not weigh less than 18 ounces nor more than 20. So you've got a couple of differences between the two. Uh, It would have been interesting because they did have that super LED court if they just like ma- magically made the line different and they ha- then they would have had to push all the racks in and then it would have made it different. And apparently, um, uh, in something I read in the sporting news, uh, Sabrina Ionescu wanted to shoot from the men's line to quote, le- equal the playing field. See? Yeah. I lo- and, and I appreciate that competitive nature in her. No, no, no. I'm going to play with the big boys. I'm going to Billie Jean King this. I'm going to, like, we'll, right. we'll make this a battle of the sexes. I'll play your rules, and I'll still whoop you. Now, she didn't. Also, no men can whoop him either, because he's arguably the greatest shooter of any gender that ever walked the planet in Steph Curry. Um, but I appreciate her doing that. I just don't think it's ridiculous for, and probably Kenny Smith should have had this knowledge, right? Or mm-hmm. Albert or one of them should have said, oh, by the way, she chose where she shot from. So you guys can this- stop debating. Exactly. And next year, I cannot wait for Caitlin Clark versus Steph Curry. I'm presuming that that'll happen because Caitlin Clark is good mm-hmm. from any point in the court, as we saw on her record-breaking shot when she took the uh, NCAA scoring title just a few days back. Real quick call before we head to a break here on the Great Kill Show with Fitzian Hart. Bill's in Newton. What's up, Bill? Hey, Nick. How's it going? I'm doing very well. I nice got, to hear from you. I got the perfect solution. They both shoot with each other's balls. They both do with the men's from the men's line and the women's from the women's line. That will, and you add both 
both sets together. Okay. So I, I don't you, hate that idea. So Steph would shoot both, yep. you know, with the women's because it's a different ball and it's Absolutely. a different uh, distance. So it's it's not what Steph's usually used to. Right. And no, same I, with I, the, I the woman. Because nobody in the NBA would, shoots the one step inside the free throw line. I mean, the three-point line because analytics says it's the worst shot in basketball. Oh, um, so he doesn't shoot that often. It would be interesting. Now I think we'd also delve into could this screw them up? You know how everybody talks about the home run derby and it screws swings up for like the next three months after the home run derby. It's yeah, like ask Bobby. I was at Bobby Abreu who hit like yep. thirty home runs and then maybe hit like one the rest of the season right. with the Phillies. It was all, it was brutal. I do think there's a chance that post All Star game, if they shoot with both both balls and you know put up whatever it is, twenty five shots each way, it could f with them a little bit because you're shooting with a different ball. Now I'm probably overthinking this and getting too overly modern athlete sensitive about it. No, but I don't hate that idea. I think it'd be fun. I think that'd be fun. I'd be down for that as well. Now, would they shoot with the WNBA balls from twenty foot six and then go back with NBA yep. balls, or would you kind of yeah. switch them up just to even make it crazier? No, no, no. I think you you stick. The court and the ball go together. The court and the ball go together. You put the you use the smaller ball for the smaller three point line and the bigger ball. It, it'd be interesting, and mm. we'd see. We'd then get some uh, analytics to see how it fares. If you did this over a couple years with Caitlin Clark and others, um, does it affect them? Or I think the bigger ball would probably affect the the girl the the women more. Um, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to see it unfold. Yeah, I, for sure. I'd be in on that as well. And again, I don't know for a fact that Caitlin Clark versus Steph Curry is going to happen next year. I'd feel I feel comfortable guessing that it'll happen. And would I well, watch I, it? Oh, absolutely. Doesn't she have one more year of eligibility? I think she can I, choose to go back for one more year. I, I bet she goes pro. I mean, I don't know. She's pretty big right now and making a heck of a lot of money at Iowa. Yeah, and she's also selling out arenas left and right. I had a friend who saw um, Iowa against Maryland a couple weekends ago uh, down in Baltimore and said it was the most electrifying sports environment he's been in that he can remember in decades. Right, and that's my point. No offense to the WNBA, but I think uh, women's college basketball is uh, a bigger stage right now. Yeah, hopefully Iowa, Iowa and LSU would be a hell of a run back as well in the championship game. We'll see if get there. All right, time for a commercial break. Let's pay some bills. 617-779-7937 is your telephone number. When we come back, the dynasty. Did you take in the first two episodes? Pats fans, what did you think? Are you in on it or... Are you frustrated by it? We'll get to all of your thoughts and more. It's Fitzy Hart and Jackson filling in for the Greg Hill Show. President's Day morning, WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Tom understood his role on and off the field, how to help the team. He prepared extremely hard individually uh, on his fundamentals, his techniques. It's too early for cameras. Tom, I feel like, got the best out of me because he was so well prepared that I felt like I had to keep up with his preparation. See what you did there, Jackson? The dynasty theme? I had to squeeze him in at some point. Had to. Too easy. It was right there, and you took advantage of it. I appreciate that. 
Good job, Jackson. This is the Greg Hill Show with Fitzy and Hart coming to you on President's Day morning on WEEI Boston Sports Original. You can holler at us anytime. You know the number, 617-779-7937. And, of course, the socials at WEEI. He's at Jumbo Hart, and I'm at Fitzy GFY. All right, Andy, we were anticipating this. We'd heard about it for months. We had read the book. If you were a season ticket member at the stadium, you were sent a copy the great sports biographer Jeff Benedict's book, The Dynasty, chronicling the 20-year double dynastic run, as I like to call it, of the New England Patriots, and most especially the inner workings of the great triumvirate that made the Patriots engine move and run, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. It is an incredibly well-produced show. Uh, It is cinematic in its scope, in its ambition, and its production value. Uh, It's a little different from the book, and we had a chance last week. If you, if anyone is interested in doing a deep dive on how they put this book together, I know Matthew Hamachek, the director, was a guest of the Gresham Fourier program a couple days ago, and I do believe our pal John Lyons later on on the Lions Den. All right, that's what I like to call it when Johnny's on. Um, he's actually going to have Matthew Hamachek on again a little bit later today, I believe, talking about the production and how they put it together, all the interviews that they did. Uh, We had a chance to talk at length with Jeff Benedict on taking it from book to television show, how they composed it, how they got the interviews together, who were the the highlights and the lowlights of the entire establishment and operation. I know two episodes are out. Some people have had a chance to see a few more episodes for press purposes. I'm five episodes in. I'm looking forward to finishing off the other five later today. Never easy when you have the kids at home during the holiday break, but I digress. Obviously, Andy, I'm an easy mark. I'll admit completely, you know, if if there's anyone in the world who's going to sit down and want to watch this again, it's your old your old pal, the Foxborough fanboy over here. That said, the first thing that struck me from the first two episodes is a deeper and more profound appreciation for everything that went into turning the franchise around, how difficult the decisions were that they had to make as far as replacing Drew Bledsoe with Tom Brady. Uh, how that team came together, and just you know the the combination of effort, uh, perseverance, and luck that went into giving birth to the dynasty. Um, I I think it's awesome. I really, really, really do. And I think you guys are gonna love the other episodes to come. Uh, you know, spoiler alert: when you get to uh, a certain Super Bowl that took place in the desert around 16 years ago, uh, that's a tough watch. So I haven't seen it. Um... I read not, the book. No. Oh. No, I haven't seen it. I don't have Apple TV. So, um, and no one sent me a press copy or anything. So, I haven't seen okay. it. I've right, read we'll some of the that. reviews. Huh? We'll fix that. Well, yeah, I know. When I left the podcast the other day, I was told Jeff or you were sending me something and no one ever sent me something. So, uh, oh, my gosh. I apologize. I, uh, I, uh, I haven't seen it. I've read some of the reactions and reviews. Um, I have been a little surprised with some of the. Um, negative tinge from Mm -hmm. some of the most passionate patriots fans i know um one of which dm'd me and he was like yeah i kind of found it boring um the first one or two i think he maybe only one maybe he watched the first one um but i would argue one of the more invested patriots fans i've ever known found it a little boring um i've read some of the things that alarm me a little bit quite honestly um i was told dick rabine is not mentioned anywhere in the tom brady portion um which is 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 just unacceptable. And they um, left our boy Wiggy out. They didn't even interview Wiggy for the thing. Yeah, but Wiggy's not the reason that Tom Brady exists in New England. Dick Rabine was. Dick Rabine's mm-hmm. the guy who drafted Tom Brady. So, um, and he passed away during training camp in 2001, which was a major sort of emotional marker and story to that mm-hmm. emotional season. Um, so that's a little concerning to me. Um, and and. I mean, obviously, I'm. I, I kind of want to see it. I've said this before. I'd, I'd probably like to watch it with my son if he's willing to uh, invest the hours uh, to this, because he is what I would refer to as a pink hat Patriots fan who grew up in the midst of a dynasty and knows nothing else and doesn't even necessarily know the roots of the dynasty. And I think some of that is good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I'm. I'm a little having not seen it yet. I'm a little concerned with some of the reactions I have heard. So there are some. I won't say liberties, but there are some narrative reworkings dare i say to uh enhance certain storylines and to um kind of just like to to make the to make certain elements more dramatic okay um you, like they they don't fit nothing is fictionalized 
there's like that you don't you like they don't make anything up to try to like make something seem more tense or to up the stakes at a certain moment. Now there are some things that are left out, like you mentioned the Dick Rabine element from two thousand. Uh, and he did. Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. Did he pass away in two thousand one? Yeah, okay. yeah. Training yeah. camp two thousand one. Right. Okay. And that's sort of like one of those. So before the... Brady was anything, he never got mm-hmm. to see the fruits of his labor. He never got to see. Wow, I was right. This guy can play a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it's sort of you know they. You get the, the. I think for a lot of Patriots fans, in addition to going back and just. You know, we got so caught up at the end of the dynasty in how come Brady left? Why couldn't they win one more Super Bowl? And, you know, the stuff with the Giants as well. There, uh, I have, obviously haven't gotten anything about Super Bowl 49 and 51 yet as well. But the first two episodes, spoiler alert, you don't even really get to Super Bowl 36. Like, it, they spend a long time establishing the foundation for who the Patriots were, where Robert Kraft came from, uh, what Bill Belichick was doing. The, the idea of trying to rebuild the team, uh, a lot went in. Drew Bledsoe, again, just like, do you remember the first episode of Man in the Arena, how Drew Bledsoe, if, I'm not sure how much of that, if you watch any of that, Andy, but I always thought Drew Bledsoe stole episode one of Man in the Arena because he was the emotional centerpiece and how, you know, just how difficult it was for him to go through that season. Yep. And for him to have to subjugate his own ambitions and in, in ha- watching his job be usurped by the the second round the second year six round kid out of michigan who was you know putting a charge into the team the division and the conference and the in the league on the whole uh and you kind of go through it again and bledsoe is just so articulate and he's so frank um honestly god looks better now than he even did back in the day and drew's a handsome guy as well but uh now mara um his, his wife uh Mara Bledsoe comes in, and she's interviewed as well. And the interviews are so great. We were talking last week, Andy, about how nice it was during Radio Row and media, all the media access given to people in anticipation of Super Bowl 58, how great it was to hear Judon and Bourne and John Jones and, and other New England Patriots players, current and former, speak so freely now because it's like the embargo has been lifted because Bill Belichick is no longer the head coach. Uh, and I feel like that's what people should and would want to tune in for here is just hearing the uncut, unfiltered, straight up truth perspective. Teddy Bruschi is so damn good in this show. I mean, I, you know, Brady's great as well. And anyone who has any doubts about Brady being able to handle himself in a broadcast, just see how good Brady is in the show. Bruschi's the, it's the best I've ever heard Teddy Bruschi as well. But like you feel so badly for the Bledsoe family. And this is a guy that's made millions and, you know, had a terrific career himself. I, some people say the show is, you know, some pains in the ass on Twitter, are like, oh, you're watching the hagiography of Robert Kraft and Drew Bledsoe and, oh, you're, you know, Robert Kraft's effort to just get into the Hall of Fame by whitewashing Patriots history. I don't feel it's that way, but other people believe it to just be an RKK production. I don't know, what is he, 20-something, mid-20s guy? He's literally half our age. Yeah, young yeah. buck Patriots fan like and his takeaway that he shared with me very simply was Drew Bledsoe was the man absolutely Drew Bledsoe was the man is the man uh, handled a very difficult situation which basically philosophically is not supposed to be allowed in sports like the unwritten rule of you don't lose your job to an injury well, he lost his job to an injury. He didn't get the opportunity to win his job back after the injury. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm not here to debate that. I'm just telling you the facts that played out that season. And Drew was a great quarterback for this team, the greatest it had ever had until Tom Brady walked through the door, until Mo Lewis uh, nearly killed Drew Bledsoe. So I'm glad that the details of that continue to be um, rekindled for the new generation, the younger generation, the forgetful generation of how great Drew was, how much of a, a pro's pro. And he and Tom Brady were friends. They were mm-hmm. friends. Like, it was a, obviously the relationship changed because it was the friendship of a starting quarterback mentor with a backup quarterback young guy, and then roles flipped. But Drew handled that as well as just about anybody could handle it, in my opinion. And I think it's good that part of this is him getting his bouquets again for who he was as a professional. Thank you. Well done. Well well said. Without even having had a chance to watch him yet, that's exactly how I feel, Andy. Articulated to a T. And I'll just say this, and we got to catch a break, and we'll get to your calls on the Dynasty in just a moment, everybody. The 
much has been made, as Jeff Benedict told us last week on our Six Rings interview with the author and writer of the the show and executive producer, about how they went through 35,000 hours of Patriots-owned footage, footage from individuals that they shot on camcorders, uh, on their phones later on, as well as all the NFL films archives they were given access to for production. You've never seen that when Drew Bledsoe did that famously uncomfortable interview at his locker, when he did a next question type of thing, they're asking him, yeah. you know, how do you feel about this? What are, next question. And he said, look, guys, um, I look forward to being able to compete for my job again. That's all I got for you today. And he turns around to his locker. That's it, right? That's all we ever saw in the news or in any other highlight shows. This goes longer. The camera pans. Brady was sitting right next to him the entire time tying his shoes. And it's right. just sort of like, oh, my God. Oh, it's so awkward. But then they t- then they talked a little bit. Like you said, they were friends. It never became personal between the two of them. And it was difficult for both, respectively. It was just there's a lot to admire and, and take in there on, on Andy. And I, I agree with you. We'll get to we'll get back to more of the dynasty, the first two episodes. What do you guys think? Do you think this is a craft production? Are you finding new appreciation for what happened? And what are you looking forward to most over the next eight episodes? Give us a shout. It's Fitzy and Hart filling in for the Greg Hill Show on WEI. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 